that guy can really sing. That's David Phelps is his name, if anybody's wondering. For any of you who have served, whether in the military or police or fire, could you stand real quick? If there's anybody in here, you're probably all on vacation. <laughs> hey, guys, give him a hand of applause. Thank you very much. Thank you, Bradley. We're able to do what we're doing today because of what they do. And we don't ever want to forget what this weekend's about. It's not about barbecues and hanging out with your family. I mean, it is, but it's not. It's about the sacrifice that they make so we can't have barbecues and hang out with our family. So thank you very much, guys. Today's message, I just want to let you guys know this. This isn't a political message. You know, we're, we're going to be talking about our country and the state, what, what I feel is the state of our country. But this isn't about politics. This isn't me saying one side to blame or the other side's to blame. This is me talking about how we collectively as a church have a role in where our country is. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. God really has blessed America, hasn't he? He has, right? From our beginnings as a nation almost 240 years ago, we have been blessed in many countless ways. From technological advancement to medicine to entertainment to industry to us being the melting pot of many varieties of people to the protection that we have had as a nation the Lord really has had his hand of providence and blessing on our land. It was the belief in and the power of God in the lives of our founding fathers that ultimately led to the creation of this nation that we call the United States of America. Samuel Adams, who is considered the father of the revolution, once stated, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. Hither the righteous flee and are safe. Let us secure his favor and he will lead us through the journey of this life and at length, at length receive us the better. The protection of God during our revolution was so clearly evident that one would have to believe that our almighty father really wanted us here. It was December 24th, 1776. George Washington was planning an attack on the British troops in Trenton. The night was crystal clear, cold winter's night. The light of the moon was reflecting off of the snow, illuminating the Delaware River. The river crossing was to be called off, because this is when he was going to cross the Delaware River, when all of a sudden, in what was described by one of Washington's captains, a fog so dense came in that the sky became so shrouded by dense clouds that darkness covered everything. Early the next morning, amid the dense fog, Washington was able to lead a troop of American soldiers across the Delaware River, defeating the British in Trenton, becoming a pivotal turning point in our battle for independence. It went from a crystal clear night to a dense fog within hours. I think God wanted us here. What about this one? Valley Forge in Pennsylvania were the last citadels of a dissipated American army. After two disastrous defeats at the hands of the British, General George Washington had led his discouraged troops in retreat to Valley Forge for the winter. The winds blew across the plains, the temperatures dropped far below zero, and one of the worst winters in history. The general himself wrote, There are men in the camp unfit for duty because they are barefoot and naked. The soldiers lived in small huts built of logs and clay. 
Many sat up all night by the fire because there were not enough blankets. There was near famine in the camp. Men went for weeks without meat. But George Washington provided strict discipline for strength. And with his wife Martha and her tenderness, they moved among the men daily, praying with them. Every day he would move among his troops, praying with them. When spring arrived, they took count. One third of the army had died, and another third of the army had quit and gone home. The remaining third simply marched out and beat the British and won the Revolutionary War. The United States of America was born. The Lord had his hand in the formation of our country. Psalm 33, verse 12. How blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people whom he has chosen to be his special possession. For various reasons, God has chosen the United States of America to be his special possession. And as I said earlier, the blessings have been poured out like a fountain. As God's people recognize and honor him, he blesses them back. A nation who submits themselves to God is a nation who is wholly blessed by God. The key thing to recognize here, though, is that we have to recognize and honor him. Do you think that as a nation, as we currently sit today, that we recognize and honor God? We're going to discuss this idea further in a minute. But as we gather here on Memorial Day weekend 2015, I think there is a much more important and significantly more difficult question that lingers. Is God still blessing America? To be able to even attempt to answer that question, we need to discuss this whole idea of blessing. The word blessing is defined as a special mercy, favor, or benefit. It is receiving something out of honor, out of love, or out of thankfulness. We can be blessed with many different types of things. The Bible describes some of these blessings with words like grace, mercy, love, forgiveness protection. We use phrases all the time that talk about this concept of blessing. We love blessing, right? And how many of you have heard this phrase, I'm too blessed to be stressed? Or this one for you younger folk, hashtag blessed. (laughs) We understand that there is this idea of goodness attached to blessing. We want to be fully blessed, but I don't know if we really understand what blessing is all about. The first principle of blessing is very important. God is the source of all blessing. God is the source of all blessing. This is the most important thing for us to wrap our minds around. That blessing comes from God and God alone. Everything we have is a blessing sent from him. The founding fathers were keenly aware of this fact during the birth and formation of our nation. George Washington said during his first term as president, it is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of almighty God, to obey his will, to be grateful for his blessings and humbly to implore his protection and favor. The duty of all nations. He who is almighty blesses those who are not. 
In other words, God, who is the Almighty, blesses us who are not. The Bible is very clear about the source of earthly blessing. Deuteronomy 28, verses 1 and 2. If you indeed obey the Lord your God and are careful to observe all his commandments, I am giving you today, the Lord your God, the Lord your God will elevate you above all nations of the earth. All these blessings will come to you in abundance if you obey the Lord your God. God alone has the power to bless. The world cannot do it. The devil cannot do it. And man, under his own power and his own abilities, cannot do it. Only God can bless. I want to make something clear right now. Each of us have people in our lives who are a blessing to us and have blessed us in ways beyond imagine. The thing we must understand, though, is that they were not the ones doing the blessing, but they were God's blessing to us. So when I do something that blesses somebody else, I am the blessing to them. I didn't actually bless them. God used me to bless them. And I think we get that confused. We hold up those who are providing us with the blessing. We don't hold up God who used them as the blessing to us. The blessing comes from God alone and it only comes to us through obedience. God has never, does not now, nor will he ever bless disobedience. And if you're being disobedient and you feel like you're being blessed, it's not coming from God. It's coming from somewhere else. The founding fathers were keenly aware of this fact and were obedient to God during the formation of our great nation. They gave all the credit to God and all the blessings flowed early and often. We live in a modern world that is quick to take credit for blessing and even quicker to pass blame for cursing. We live in a culture that is trying so hard to move away from God, or as they call it now, adapt, right? We have to adapt. By adapting, it means forgetting about God and doing what we think we should do. And in the process, we are pushing farther and farther away from our godly heritage. We as a nation, and I think sometimes we as the church, have forgotten the source of all blessing. We as the American church have bought into the American idea. And we're moving away from the fact that God is the source of all. Getting a little more personal though, which none of us like really, we as individuals have forgotten where blessing has come from as well. We have begun to rely on our government, our friends, our employer, and more often than not ourselves for blessing and we're recognizing God less and less in our own personal lives we are taking credit for the things in our lives and forgetting the one who really blesses us secondly we are not being obedient and faithful to God but yet we are trying to claim his blessings over our disobedience like I said earlier I appreciate what Casey said last week when he was talking about you know when, when him and Sherry, we're about to get divorced. And he, and he said, he goes, I didn't have an option. He goes, disobeying God is not an option. And he goes, I didn't love my wife. I didn't want to be married to my wife. But I promised God that we would be married. And that is the option. 
And now God is blessing their marriage beyond anything they could imagine. That's what it's like, right? God doesn't bless disobedience. God blesses obedience. You have, be, you have what you have because of the one who is greater than you. I have what I have because of the one who is greater than me. New life has what new life has because of the one who is greater than us. Not because of anything I've done or you've done or anybody else has done or Doug's done. New life is blessed because God has blessed it. The condition of society, I think, bears out where we are headed as a nation. And it is a far cry and completely different from where we've been. So I ask once again, is America really still blessed? Now that we have an understanding of where blessing comes from, I want us to take a look at the second principle of blessing. God's blessing comes in all shapes and sizes. That one's shocking, right? I I think we all kind of know that. It is true that blessings can come in various sizes and shapes. There is not a pre-described way that a blessing should look. A blessing does not always sparkle. It doesn't always come in a neatly wrapped box. It isn't always placed under your Christmas tree. Sometimes we don't notice it right away. Also, we don't get to decide what we think a blessing should be. And that's something that we as Christians find ourselves doing a lot of, right? It would be a real blessing if this were to happen. It would be a real blessing if somebody did this for me. We don't get to decide. Seems a bit foolish, doesn't it? But every single one of us in this room does it. We spend a lot of time in prayer telling God how he can bless us. God, it'd be a blessing if you gave me a job, if you gave me more money, if you gave me a car, if you fixed my relationship, if you, right? We know blessings come from you, but I'm going to tell you how you can bless me. And then we wonder why we're not blessed. Let's continue in Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 28, verses 3 through 6. You will be blessed in the city and blessed in the field. Your children will be blessed as well as the produce of your soil, the offspring of your livestock, the calves of your herds, and the lambs of your flocks. Your basket and your mixing bowl will be blessed. You will be blessed when you come in and blessed when you go out. How many of you have prayed for your basket and mixing bowl to be blessed? Probably Tammy because she does cakes. So, <laughs> But you guys see what was described as blessings here. We have a things like a city, children, livestock, food, activities. When you lift up your list of blessing to God, how many of those things are on your list? Children, probably. How many of you are asking for God to bless the city? Or for God to bless the livestock? Or for God to bless... Modern culture has dictated to us what a blessing should look like, right? That's what the commercials tell us. A blessing should make life better or it should make it easier for us. A blessing should be a certain size or cost a certain amount. 
A blessing should be what I want, when I want it, the way that I want it. If all those things happen, then, then I will be blessed. The bigger, the better, the more expensive it is, the greater the blessing, right? Isn't that how it works? The bigger it is, the greater I'm blessed. Blessings can come in various forms. We can receive physical blessing. And that's something Timmy's receiving right now, physical blessing. Physical blessings can be gifts, things that are given to us physically. It can be physical health. We can receive spiritual blessings. Spiritual blessings may include a piece of the spirit when nobody understands it. It may be wisdom. It may be an answered prayer. Spiritual blessings are things like grace and mercy and forgiveness. We might receive an emotional blessing. An emotional blessing may consist of a shoulder to cry on, a hand to hold, or a well-placed, much-needed compliment. We might receive blessing in the form of service. And I know the Lindsay's moved yesterday, and they had a bunch of people helping them. That's a blessing in the form of service. It may also be help mowing a lawn, help with auto repair, help with home repair, help moving. Blessing can also come from pain. How many of you are signing up for that one? Blessing can come from sorrow. Blessing can come from a broken relationship or a lost job. Blessing can come from a fortunate series of events but none of those things are on my prayer list. The key to remember that is that a true blessing comes at the exact time that it is needed. God steps in right when all hope seems lost and provides something to us that will change our fortunes. When I predetermine what a blessing will be, I am completely removing God and his timing from the picture. I am selfishly deciding for myself those things that I want and I'm removing the opportunity for God to bless me with the things that I absolutely need. I am no longer blown away by God's gracious act of blessing me. More likely, I am critical because I wasn't blessed like him and I wasn't blessed as much as they were. That goes against the truth behind the blessings of God. God, the giver of all blessings, knows exactly what will bless us at the time that he is blessing us. And I want to share a little story. Craig Rochelle is the founder and pastor of Life Church in Oklahoma City. And he tells a story. When he was back in ministry, he was on staff at this little Methodist church in Oklahoma City. And he's in college, and he, he's up front with a bunch of his buddies, and they're standing. Well, he happens to turn around, and he sees this lady, and she's just disheveled, look like she's been crying. And he sees her come in the back of the church. And at the exact moment as he sees her, God says, he goes, I want you to go and give her whatever's in your wallet. And he opens up his wallet and he has $5. He's like, it's $5, God, but if that's what you're asking, I'll go ahead and do that. Goes in the back, introduces himself, hands her the $5. The lady just absolutely breaks down. <laughs> and he's like, what's going on? And she goes, well... I've, I've just got a divorce from my husband. He's trying to take the kids from me. She goes, I wanted to try and go to church this morning, and I looked, and I had just enough gas to get her. I ran out of gas pulling into the parking lot. She goes, $5 will get me enough gas to get back home. 
That, my friends, is a blessing. He didn't know it. God said, give her whatever's in your wallet. That $5 changed this girl's life. He actually shares what happens to her later on. She goes back home, gets her life cleaned up. She's now, now at the church, a you know, believer in Christ, doing wonderful things for the kingdom. All because she was blessed by $5. That absolutely changed her life. That is what blessing is. And we're overlooking it. Because instead of being happy with the five, well, I want 55. I want 105. I need 305. And God's like, I'm just going to bless you with five. Are you going to take it or not? We need to go back to the place where we are grateful for the blessings we receive. We need to remember all the ways that we are blessed, both individually and as a nation. There was a time when everyone understood and was thankful for those blessings. I'm afraid that time has passed us by. We are on the doorstep of history and we must once again ask ourselves, is America still a blessed nation? So now we've taken a look at where true blessing comes from and we know that we can be blessed in many different ways. But I think this last principle of blessing is the hardest one for us to understand. God's blessing is activated by our choices. God's blessing is activated by our choices. How many of you feel like you were just punched in the gut with that statement? The last principle may explain why so many of us in this room this morning feel like that we never receive a blessing from God. We feel like we're only cursed and only ever cursed. Only bad things happen to me. Every time I try, something else bad happens. The Bible tells us about this in Deuteronomy 30, verse 19. Today I invoke heaven and earth as a witness against you that I have set life and death, blessing and curse before you. Therefore, choose life so that you and your descendants may live. Are you trying to say that I get to choose whether or not I'm going to be blessed or cursed? And if you believe the word, the Bible to be the word of God, that's exactly what that says. You get to choose whether you're going to be blessed or cursed. God will never force a blessing onto us. He will present the blessing to us and then because of his great love will allow us to choose if we want to be blessed or not. Every human being is given a choice. We must choose Jesus or the world. We must choose blessing or curse. We must choose life or death. God does not force us into heaven. He allows us to choose heaven or hell. God does not force us into following him. We are allowed to choose obey or disobey. God does not force us to serve him. He allows us to choose serve him or serve myself. God does not force us to accept his blessing. We get to take it or deny it and turn it into a curse. What will it be? Blessing? Or curse. The Bible over oh, quite a few times uses a phrase to me that is one of the most frightening phrases in the Bible. And in that phrase, basically what it says, it says, God turned them over to their selfish desires. And what that means is that God pulls away from us and turns his back on us because of our selfish desires. 
we read about it in Paul, right? In, in Paul, in Romans, and Paul says, God turned them over to them, them selfish desires, and then men did unnatural things with men. And women did unnatural things with women. Because God said, you, you've decided what you're going to do. You now have to bear out the consequences. I'm turning my back on you. Same thing in the Old Testament with, with Samson. We've all heard of Samson, the one who had great strength, who God was blessing until he got caught up with a woman named Delilah. And, and after falling to the lust for Delilah, um, his city gets attacked and Samson goes running out the door like he always would. And it says in the Bible when he runs out the door, but the Lord was not with him. God turned his back on Samson because he chose the curse over the blessing. I think our nation is in that state, guys. I think we have chosen, and I don't know if we've chosen blessing or curse. I personally think we're choosing curse. So once again, the question is, is America still blessed? So we're going to close by tackling that very question. I want to remind you that blessing comes from God. That blessing can come in various forms and that you get to choose blessing or curse. God allows you to choose that. The nation was formed by men who recognize and fear God, as I said earlier. Many of the foundational items of our nation were based off of one main biblical idea that God is sovereign and God is in control. They know, they knew that they were created by God, blessed by God, and could only be sustained by God. John Adams famously said, we recognize no sovereign but God and no king but Jesus. I actually read a story about George Washington when he became president they actually were calling him in the papers King George I of America. And he said, I am not a king. God is king. You can call me president or what else, but you cannot call me king. When the nation was established, the Bible was established with it. Schools used the Bible as their main textbook. Religion was encouraged and practiced in schools around the nation. Prayer was established in the halls of government. For 186 years from the formation of our nation, God was exalted, prayer was exalted, Bible was exalted, and the nation experienced unprecedented blessing like few nations have ever seen. God was blessed as he was honored by us. Then 1962 happened, and for those of you who don't know what happened in 1962, public prayer was banned from schools. You can have a private quiet time, but they can't call it a prayer time. They just call it a quiet time. Public prayer was banned. We as a nation knowingly and willingly shunned blessing and chose cursing. Things changed then and still are. And I've actually looked at these numbers. All of these numbers that I'm going to share with you are since the beginning or since the banning of prayer in 1962. I'm going to give you percentages. These percentages are per capita. The teenage pregnancy among girls ages 15 to 19 has increased 553 percent since 1962. America is number one in the world in teenage pregnancies. Divorce rate is up 125 percent. America is number one in the world in divorce. 
The SAT has been taken since 1926. Never in the history had the scores gone down two consecutive years before 1962. From 1963 to 1991, the scores plummeted every year. 29 straight years, the SAT score plummeted. Violent crimes per capita have grown 790% faster than the growth rate. America is number one in the world in violent crime. We're number one in the world in teenage pregnancy, number one in the world in divorce, number one in the world in violent crime. Go us. Why do you think that is? Because we have turned our back on God. We have said, God, we know that you created us, but we've got this now. We don't need you anymore. We get hammered for our faith. When we stand up for God and stand up for the Bible, we get persecuted. We get shunned. We get yelled at. We get cussed. We get told we're intolerant. We get told we don't understand. We get told we're old-fashioned and we can't adapt like everybody else can. Adaptation isn't a good thing. It's really sobering to realize what is happening. And I think as Christians, sometimes we just stick our head in the sand and hope that it'll all go away. But it won't go away. One of the stories that blows me away is, is a few years ago, the pastor that I was serving out at the other church went to an event. Wall Builders is a, a, an organization set up by David Barton, who, who lives in Texas. And basically what it is, is they're trying to remind people the godly heritage of our country. And so every year in Washington, D.C., they gather together in wall builders and they do a big thing and, and, and these guys will, will, will give all these speeches and talk about the, the state of our nation. And one of the things David Barton said is that from 17, I believe 1783 is when, when Ben Franklin said that we should be praying before every meeting of Congress. Up until the 1990s, they prayed everybody together in the, where they gather they would pray. They would start every congressional meeting with prayer. In the mid-90s, that changed. There's now one little chamber where about five guys meet and they pray. It went from every single senator to five or six. And then we wonder why we're having all the problems we're having. Even the government has said, God, we don't need you anymore. We've got this. We can handle it ourselves. I believe right now we are living off the blessings of the generations before us. Our grandfathers and our great-grandfathers and our great-grandmothers. Because they were faithful, we're being blessed today. But are we leaving blessings for our children? We are no longer a nation that fears God. We are no longer a nation that honors God. But what we have become is a nation who feels that we are God. So one last time, is America still blessed? I don't know. But if we do our part as believers in Christ and people who claim to love God, and we choose the giver of all blessings, I believe we can be blessed once again. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I want to thank you 
Father, for this day. Lord, Lord, I, this is a somber topic, God, and, and this is something that I hadn't planned on preaching on. You know, I, I had my plan all set up, and then as I was researching and I was praying, you just kept punching me in the gut <laughs> and saying, my people need to hear this. And, and this wasn't fun for me. I want to be able to preach on how wonderful you are and how great and, and how you bless us and how you... And instead we get to learn that how we are dropping the ball as your people. I have all these wonderful things that those faithful fathers before me left me. And I'm hoarding them for myself and I'm taking them from the generations behind me. I'm taking them from my children. Because I refuse to honor you. So God, we stand here as a church, Father God, united by saying that we love you and saying that I want your way again. I want your blessings to pour out into this country again. I don't want to rely on government. I don't want to rely on man. I want to be able to love my neighbors but not have to take from my neighbors so I can survive. And ultimately, God, I want to rely on you. And so, Lord, do what is necessary. Father, throughout history of time, when you look at the great nations, none of them have been around as long as we have. I believe the average time that they've been around is around 220 years. We as a nation are in uncharted territory. We have survived longer than anybody ever has. But I think that is in peril, God, because we refuse to recognize you. And so, Lord, be with us today. God, I thank you so much for the military that you've given us and men and women who are willing to set away the comforts of this place so that the rest of us can have the comforts of this place. And God, I want to do my part by not turning my back on them. So motivate me every morning to lift up a prayer for our men and women who are serving, whether in the military, whether it's policemen, whether it's firefighters who are serving me so that I can be a bat, be a dad, and I can be a husband, and I can be a follower of you. Go with us, God. Keep us safe. We, we ask for just one sunny day, Father. You know, I think at this point it's selfish to ask for more than that. And, and God, but we, but we do, we do thank you for the rain because I think of the people in California who would love to have a week like we've had. But as a selfish Texan, I say I'll hoard all the water we get. So. Father, we do thank you, we love you, and we lift the remainder of this day to you. It's in your holy and precious name we pray. Amen.